Well, this kind of sprung up on us uh, pretty fast. Uh, we have a, a listener slash top fan from one of our uh, social medias, uh, Mr. Madison here. And he also runs his own YouTube channel where he goes about being an A&P. And he talks about a lot of topics very similar to what our podcast does. And what really struck us was how he mentioned how some of the stuff that we talk about enabled him to continue doing what he does. Because let's face it, uh, we mentioned this in the episode with Stig in Stig Aviation about how sometimes the aviation industry just drains you, just really sucks the life out of you. So when we hear stories like uh, our guest Madison here or our our co-op host Madison here, we hear stuff about how we can help boost people up and help them strengthen their why. And that's something that we collectively want to talk about. And we kind of sort of hint at it in each of our episodes, as pointed out by Madison again, that we want to kind of discuss about your why and resilience. And I didn't mean to take away y'all's thunder about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah, we had a conversation. Madison, why don't you give us everybody kind of a rundown, a little bit of your history, who you are, and then we can dive back into what uh, we were discussing here prior to, uh, well, at least us hitting record. <laughs> yeah, guys. I, I mean, I've been an aviation nut for as long as I can remember. I kind of blame my parents. They sponsored uh, the Portland Air Show when I was really little. And so I got to go watch airplanes all the time. By 16, I took my first flight and I wanted nothing to do with anything other than airplanes. And so I made the super smart decision of joining the army. Uh, I went in as a Chinook mechanic and I did my six years and decided that I wanted to pursue aviation outside of the military. So I took a contracting job doing the same thing I was doing before and got my license shortly after that. And during my contracting time, I, I found that a lot of my friends were, uh, learn, they were trying to figure out how to get out and continue in aviation. So I started a little coaching and YouTube channel uh, during that time and uh, just before the pandemic hit. Um, and then when, uh, when I got back, I kind of abandoned the project. I went to work as, uh, at a little FBO. I picked up aviation work wherever I could. Uh, bought myself a little house on the airport, but I, I just couldn't find a, another why to continue with what I was doing. I I had sort of lost that that reason to to pursue that original dream of helping others get through their careers and navigate the difficulties of the industry. And uh, I was just browsing podcasts. Uh, trying to find more aviation related or maintenance related ones recently. And I found you guys and it just re- really reignited that spark. And I rebooted my channel. Uh, I started coaching again a little bit and it's just been a really great time. At finally re- realizing that, you know, that why never really went away. I just needed to uh, recognize it again and, and start really paying attention to it and figuring out what happened to make me uh, forget about my why. And so what, what was the, what was that? What was that answer? What made you forget the why? I was really just, I I came home and I had been, I I went out to where I was contracting at 
at the beginning of the pan- pandemic, uh, I got stuck out there for 367 days straight because all travel was halted. And then I came home and I just had so much to fix around the house. I, I, had, uh, I was trying to find work and I just, I didn't think that I had the time, the, the time or the ability. And I, I really started questioning my ability to continue doing what I was doing. I hadn't really done a whole lot with it uh, before the pandemic kind of shut everything off and I really had nowhere to go with it. Um, and then I got, I got home and got to work in a, in an environment that really had a, a terrible manager. Um, it was, it was a guy who's been in aviation for 55 plus years, general aviation guy, but he didn't know how to play well in the sandbox with other people. And I was just, I was looking for more aviation stuff to reimmerse myself in that culture. And I found you guys and, uh, a couple of your episodes really helped me through some rough days with this guy, he'd throw tantrums like a three-year-old and then threaten to quit and then come back. He'd storm out in the middle of the day and come back and then expect you to have done what he, what you were supposed to do or, or what he thought he had told you to do, but he hadn't said anything except that you were wrong and I'm leaving, I'm quitting. You know, it's this ridiculous. Ring, this rings such Man, a bell right I now. Tell, yeah. As I tell you, as I get older, if people, people play that game, oh, I'll call your bluff. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. See yeah, you later. I, I, I straight up. There was one day I straight up. I told him because he was he was yelling at me because apparently I wasn't. I was. We were standing down a cowling for a a uh, baron to repaint it, and I wasn't. I wasn't soaping it up and washing it off the way he said I should be, and he started yelling at me about it. Well, uh, was it the way the way the manual says to do it, or the way he he prefers to do it, his own specific way? Because six and I have ran into this where we've talked about this very recently. Where, um, well, you'll always be wrong because you didn't do it the way that I would have specifically done it. Like, okay, well then, why yeah. would I even try? Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of the way this guy operated. You know, the the great thing about general aviation uh, is that the manuals are so vague. Uh, (laughs) Removing the cowling just says, okay, remove the cowling. Uh, All right. uh, How? (laughs) Just do it. Okay. I guess if I break something, I'll fix it later. But uh, you know, he had 55 years working on these this, these specific airframes and he had developed his own methods for doing things. And if you weren't doing it the way he did it, or if he thought you were doing his method, not correctly, you got yelled at. And I, I told him that yelling at me was not going to solve the problem. And it's just making the company look bad because there is people at the, uh, there's people fueling their airplanes and guys in the FBO just on the other side of the hangar door that are trying to take uh, lessons from the CFIs, you know, this is not an appropriate time or an appropriate reaction. And I said, if you're going to continue acting this way, I will just leave because I can't provide a safe product. I cannot guarantee to the flight instructors and the owner of this FBO that what I turn out under these conditions is going to be safe. And I grabbed my stuff. He tried to call my bluff and I walked out, told my, told the owner of the FBO, I said, 
I can't work like this. Uh, he needs to change some things up or you'll be one, one mechanic short. And uh, I happened to forget my keys. So I walked back to my car, from my car to my toolbox to grab my keys. And he intercepts me in the parking lot. And this is the one and only time he'd ever apologized. And he told me that he couldn't do the work without me. And I said, well, then you got to change some stuff. And uh, he didn't. So I left. I quit. I, I was there another month and I just said, you know what? I can't guarantee that this aircraft is going to be safe when I sign it off. And that's my certificate on the line. It's, oh, yeah. I may be working under your IA because this school doesn't have their repair station certificate, but it's still my certificate number on this hundred hour or on this inspection. And if I miss something because of the way you are operating this side of the hangar door, then that's on me, not you. And I can't, I can't, I can't have that at the end of the day. You know, so. you know, you know that you, you brought this up and it gives me two prime examples uh, about sources of your resilience. Um, this is kind of going back to way back to like the initial fundamental training I've ever received on resilience. And I'll admit it was very blurry because it happened so long ago, but I remember there was two that really stuck out to me. And the first one was pushback. Like pushback is a source of resilience. Like it's the connections that you find that help you assert your confidence and, and advocate for yourself. An example was that like, hey, this is getting out of hand. You're pushing into us for stuff that may cause an unsafe condition. And then the second one was the empathy piece like uh, connections that provide some kind of empathetic support so that you can uh, release negative emotions, right? Uh, that kind of goes to when he cornered you in the, into the parking lot where he said he, for however sincere his apology was or not, he said it. And then instead of you just say, well, F your couch, I don't care. You've already exhausted every last bit of my patience because I'm at this level. Instead, you turn around and it's like, okay, let's, let's, make ends meet here and and make some changes to actually be better, not just the better solutions just for me to move away and then let you falter and then possibly cause some other kind of problem in the future. Like, right. And and good on you for standing your ground and holding up to the, well, you, every time they mess up, Oh, I'm sorry. And then just things continue on the way they are. And well, I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. But you said, I'm sorry. 16 times. Like, I don't believe you anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just words at this point. Yeah, we actually had an incident that scared me uh, with that same Baron. Uh, the owner flew it home uh, from Longview to Reno, Nevada, and he flew through the night. And it's an older Baron before they changed the design where the, um, the landing gear and the flaps have the same uh, paddle. They're all a paddle flat, uh, paddle switch. Okay. And yep. uh, a couple of years after that, they changed the design. So you don't mix up the, the flaps and the gear. And he was having some trouble uh, with the aircraft, you know, breaking in two brand new engines. We, we threw 12 new cylinders on that aircraft and he uh, flew it home during the break-in period. And uh, he gets about, probably 50, mile, 50 nautical miles from home and it's it's late he's tired and 
he's trying to clean up the aircraft while he's still taxiing down the runway and he hits the gear switch instead of the flaps no. and just bellies the aircraft with two brand essentially brand new engines and the 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 uh the props were also new uh but the blades weren't new but the hubs were brand new uh overhauled because we had just done those last annual and he probably spent 15 grand on this most recent annual and he just basically totaled the aircraft because and and we got the text the next morning that the aircraft was dead essentially and i was like first thing in my head was what did i miss you know what Mm -hmm. was it by fault did you guys get inspected by the faa at all uh no surprisingly and i don't know what ever happened with that yeah that is I, think, so I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, like you said, hey, it's my name. I'm signing this off. Uh, this is my license and my ass on the line. So I, if I don't trust it, I ain't signing it. And I tell people that if you've never been under the investigation of the FAA, I have. Uh, that is not a fun time. That is I. I am going to prison. I am going to this like I'll never work again. I, I don't know. Because you don't really know what happened, right? You just heard, like, what you were heard. Oh, the aircraft's dead, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. What did yeah, I do? I, and you I, start I heard, you know, the, right? Um, and hey. and you can't work while you're under investigation, so you're just sitting there staring at the wall. Uh, you have to turn in your license for that time too, right? So yeah, you're just literally sitting there staring at the wall, waiting for a call to say you're, you know, you're uh, going to the chair or you're free to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was surprised that we didn't hear anything about it. I think it's because he, he probably recognized that it was his fault. Because as soon as I heard that the, the aircraft belly, I thought, because we did a gear swing on it, we, we messed with the gear. We, uh, I, I bled the, the system for the gear, and I changed the, the wheel valve, and, and I did a lot of stuff with that landing gear. So I thought, like, could I have done something? But then I, I talked to him later and he goes, no, it was my fault. You know, I hit the wrong switch. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if the FAA, he just report, self-reported that he did it. And that, that's where the investigation stopped with his accident report. Yeah, but, I mean, possibly, but knowing the FAA, like yeah. I've known, uh, they typically don't stop there. Um, that's it. I mean, I'm glad for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I, I, the, the, I actually turned down some independent work because I don't have my IA yet. Uh, living on this field, there's a lot of little uh, Cessna owners that are like, I need my annual done before summer starts. And I'm like, well, you can, if you can find an IA, I'll open all the panels up because that's what I'm allowed to do. I'm like, well, can't you just, you know, do the annual? I could, but I couldn't sign it off. And they're right. like, well, yeah. how much, how much do you want to sign it off? I'm like, um, if you want to pay for my prison, my, uh, bail, when, <laughs> when you, re- uh, when you eventually wreck your airplane and the investigation comes back and they see that someone without an IA signed off your annual as airworthy, then 
let's go for it. But, you know, it's both our certificates at risk at that point. So go find yourself an IA. Right. Well, here's what I would say. Uh, I would, if I were you, start a GoFundMe with all your neighbors and have them pay for your IA. Yeah. I've still got another year and a half before I can take the test, but okay. uh, I, I definitely will be asking neighbors for help with paying for my IA. There's plenty of people that own airplanes on this little tiny airship. There's at least eight aircraft here on this 1,800-foot runway. Wow, That's nice. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I kind of want to focus a little bit about yeah. how, how you mentioned that you had some friends, yourself included, where you're having trouble. Real, you, we've had a air quotes mission or a, or a task or a purpose, and I think I think that's the biggest one. Like we all had a purpose, and it it self actualizes itself or it's it realizes itself very fast. Get this get this plane in the air because people need it and they need it now. Or uh, say in the military sense, get this plane in the air because people are getting shot at or people need to go from point A to Z really fast yeah. and they need it now. So like, okay, cool. Got it. And then uh, even with the civilian world, it's pretty, it's not as intense, but it's, it's there. And then somewhere along the lines, you kind of lose sight of that. And you mentioned uh, along the lines of coaching, uh, what sort of things uh, was very helpful to you as far as coaching and then what kind of got you into coaching? Well, before we get into I, coaching, oh, let's oh, talk about, we were talking about this right before we hit record. Um, you know, you had friends getting in there, you guys that kind of lost the spark, the drive, the whatever people were, were moving away from aviation. You know, Hey, come do this. You, you said you had a plan. You wanted to do your, uh, it was a veteran own, uh, veterans only, uh, maintenance shop. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do, uh, I, I got the idea just thinking about AOG and I was like, well, who knows how to go rescue an airplane more than a bunch of a- aviation veterans, you know, down aircraft recovery. Uh, it'd be really fun to just, you know, hire a bunch of guys directly from uh, active duty and, and kind of recruit that way to get supply and get avi and sheet metal specific guys and and kind of coach them into help them get their amp and transition into civilian life if they stayed with aviation and and continued on with this aog team that'd be awesome if it just you know helped them get from military life to civilian life but that was kind of my biggest thought on it was just helping them get it figuring out what their new mission was yeah, providing that environment, saying, "Hey, you know, I, I worked AOG, AOG for a while uh, with uh, private jets and such." Um, and I think, but the drive with that was is that I was still on the road. I got to see a bunch of stuff, almost you know, different things every day, right? And every day was something different. It wasn't uh, manufacturing. It wasn't you're on an assembly line doing the same thing over and over, day in day out. Um, at a different airport, different situation, different troubleshooting. Like it, it was kind of that, that was, it was fun. Right. And I think, you know, talk about the AOG providing that variety and that uh, constant uh, movement and change keeps people, you know, Oh man, I got this and I got to get out there because this is revenue flight. And, you know, if we do this, if I could knock this out tonight, I, you know, if I hit a home run, 
that, that customer is going to be super awesome. They're going to hit their revenue flight tomorrow, and we just gained a new customer. Um, when they see the overarching picture like that, right? You're not just a mechanic. You might not be part owner in the business, but you see from start to end and how that benefits you as the individual, but as the company as a whole, right? And you feel like you're yeah. a part of something, and that's that's your mission, right? You're not just a yeah, not just a cog in the wheel. You're you're the entire machine. Yeah, that, that was kind of my thought uh, with a lot of my friends that I've seen that have you know completely left aviation. That their mission was, you know, we've got to get this aircraft from Washington State to its objective. We have a time hack of 24 hours to get this thing disassembled on an airplane, flown to where we need to go, reassembled and uh, mission capable in order to meet the mission objective that we are going there to, to meet. You know, and and they, they all thrived on that, that go, 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 that pressure, that, that meeting of that mission, the, the, the desire to get something done that they felt meant something. And, and when that mission went away, when they got to the end of that contract and, and the, the daily red tape and bureaucratic uh, garrison life really hit them, they decided they wanted to move on and aviation just wasn't appealing. Anymore. It, it just seemed like too much work and not enough uh, to meet their, their, their need for a mission. So I sympathize with that because I am sort of going through that scenario currently. Six and I have talked about this quite extensively offline together, but um, it's one of those where you, you said it perfectly, the red tape and and the problems that we have, or I'm air quoting here problems. They're not really problems, but people make them problems because we don't have enough to do operations-wise. There's just not enough operations going on. There's not a target in mind. There's not, we're not hunting for anyone or anything. Um, you're training, you, you, your sorties are primarily training. For air crew mm-hmm. and and you go i i i have too many headaches for the amount of or lack of uh job uh what, what am i trying to say here job uh satisfaction yes right you know um i come from a, a pretty heavy ops background uh mission totally mission oriented uh whatever it takes right and yeah you get your dick drug through the dirt for long hours of the day and whatever else. But when you finally wake up on that pallet in the back of the bay and you walk in for the morning brief and uh, your chief gives you uh, Hey, because of what you did, we were able to uh, save a, uh, save some green berets, but also we found a, uh, a, a training facility and we pummeled it into oblivion. You know, yeah. you're like, you're like, yeah, hell yeah. Fuck, you know, fuck. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, Hey, we had to cancel that training mission last night. Why? Why not? Well, we got a we got a yellow uh, fault code. Well, did we troubleshoot it? Well, no. We just decided uh, to cancel it and then get engineering involved. What? Yeah, the bird was circle red X. Right. What, what are we doing? What are you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's 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 mind numbing. So I sympathize with with your you know your fellow uh, 
comrades that that are going through that because it's it's very frustrating and uh, demeaning and and heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, when my uh, that was sort of what led my tra- to led to my transition from uh, military to civilian was just my mission changed and garrison just got so ridiculous. I mean, I I've posted I posted this comment on one of your uh, one of your guys' posts once uh, about petty shit and you know we had a, a master sergeant who took it upon himself during garrison time to decide that the hangar base had too many trash cans so i had been put in i had been put in tool crib yep. and uh i was the tool i was the management the system uh, manager for the the trms the tool room management system. and they they said in PC, in a PC meeting to uh, take all the, the trash cans and put them into the tool management system. So I did that. We had a, a GSC building that was probably about a quarter mile from the hangars. And I took all 30 trash cans from the entire hangar, stickered them, put them in the, the, the system, emptied them power washed them and then made a pyramid in the GSE building. And if you needed a trash can, it was going to be treated like a tool. You had to go out, go pick it up, sign it out in the tool room, take it to your bay and return it the same day or you got popped on the PC overdue tool list the next day and got called out in the, in the production control meeting. I, nice. um, I, I'm laughing. I'm not, I'm not. I'm laughing with you, not at you, because uh, we've all gone through it. Uh, I, I mean, just today, just the exact same scenario, except instead of a trash can, it's a popsicle stick for like doing layups. Like you, you yeah, the mixing sticks. Mixing sticks. And yeah. then they had this. All right, brief the entire entire shop on what you did. I I accidentally threw away the popsicle mixing stick instead of turning it back in. I was like, what, what are we, is this what we're choosing to focus on? Like what we, we obviously don't have a mission. If this is what, if this is what we're, we're chastising people over. I said, it's not like he, the individual lost it within the aircraft or it's a chance to be fod somewhere. They had a mixing stick that was no longer usable upon completing the mixing. They threw it in the trash can. I said, okay, let's turn it back into to support. What was support going to do? What do you guys do, support? Uh, we just throw it away and mark it in our system. Son of a bitch. Why don't we just mark it as, <laughs> as being uh, uh, thrown away and discarded, and they replace that bin location with an additional pop stick? Like, gun to my head here right now. You know, yeah, we, we had a we had a similar situation with popsicle sticks and mixing cups. Uh, it, the the uh, soldiers were required for a while to bring in the cup with the half cured Pro Seal or High Sol or whatever, and the stick, and we had to pull up their name, visually verify that the stick and the cup were used, and then mark it as uh, as waste. Before yeah. they can go put it in the hagway. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's, uh, 
it's really mind numbing. And, and it, and it, and now you understand why you go, yeah, man, I'd love to come work at your shop if I wasn't trying to get away from it. And you go, man, why are you trying to get away from it? So, you know, our listeners out there, we've all gone through it. Clearly Madison's gone through it. Six and MVP have gone through it. Stig's gone through it. Fresh has gone through it. You know, everybody's gone through it. And, and you go, why do I continue to do these kind of things? And like, and it's those little pockets of hope we all run into it all the time or that one problem that you just you just resolved. Like like with the whole mixing cup thing. Hey, uh, you know, I put a better process in place and now we don't have to do that anymore. We can use common sense here a little bit. And I was able to make this much easier on all who are involved with it, right? It's those little pockets like, okay, that's that's why I'm driving. I helped somebody else i helped somebody else who was having a worse day than me not have such a bad day and you know right now for my own uh personal you know life work life or whatever um because there is at least in my mind uh there's a lack of a mission maybe there's not maybe i'm too cynical with it or i'm comparing it too much to past missions um but now I focus on the team, right? I focus on my team. Okay, how do I keep them motivated? How do I keep keep them nose to the grindstone and and focusing on the mission? So I I try to create a mission for them, right? Hey guys, here's our mission. And yeah, you have your days where everybody's kind of in a bad mood. Just let them shit talk. Let them. I let them vent to me, right? And and it's it can be draining on your on your own soul a little bit by trying to absorb the hate from others uh, so they focus it on towards you and you can help them fix it rather than spread it around because we all know you know hate and discontent can spread like wildfire oh yeah um and you try to give them a mission well hey guys i know this sucks but if we do this if we can get this squared away now that means we're going to save these other 10 steps over here so i I know it sucks up front but on the back end we're going to actually we're going to actually uh, come out better for it because of X, Y, Z reason. Right. So they might not see the full big picture. They're just seeing the part that they have to work now and going, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. But your mission is to show them that their mission is, Hey, you're actually improving process or improving the product or improving safety or improving turnaround time, mission readiness time, you know, reducing, uh, maintenance hours and increasing mission readiness times and um, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think uh, what you're, I'm kind of, I'm going to kind of pigtail a little bit. God, I can't believe I said that shit, <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to expand a little bit on what MVP say. Like when, it, when you have like a certain organization, usually it's big ones. When it's big ones, it gets a little bit more weird. Uh, your mission statement for that company or organization, like, you can almost, it, it, it turns into a lost cause sometimes when it's so broad, right? Like, uh, connect, innovate, inspire. Cool. For what though? <laughs> you know? And yeah, it, it's not what specific. Am what am I innovating? Who am I inspiring? Yeah. Yeah. And those, it, those, I, three word, those three keyword mission statements are always the worst. You know, it, it, you can't, you can't really dial that down to the individual level very easily right 
And and again, I get it, like because you're trying to look at it from the the top of the pyramid level, looking down. Uh, you kind of want you kind of want it to be broad. I understand that. Uh, I'm not talking shit for people who are extremely successful who've driven their whole livelihood of success on just three words. By all means, go for it. But for the the general layperson, which is us, we need a little bit more specifics here. You know, like um, give us a little bit more meaningful intent. Like mm-hmm. we're flying, we're we're. We're making flights to get people from point A to point B and do it safely. Solid. Yeah. You gave me a situation. You told me what's the end result. And you say, and you basically said, I leave it up to your, your innovative minds to figure out how to get there. Like, oh, fuck. You know, it, it, it gives me a little bit of wiggle room to invent the process for myself or figure out a way to keep the, the continuous improvement cycle going. And that kind of goes into the fulfillment piece, as both of you have mentioned with resilience, is if I don't feel fulfilled in what I'm doing, then I'm just going to self-destruct or I'm going to self-sabotage. I'm losing my my way, so to speak, because where every time I take a step forward, it's I'm violating some kind of line or I'm, I'm uh, stepping onto a sideline that I'm not supposed to be, but I don't see it or I don't I'm not fully aware of where, what it is like. Hey, you guys violated this and that. Like, where the hell does it say that? Well, you should have known. Like, well, obviously I should have, but no one's told me otherwise. So how am I supposed yeah. to know it's wrong? <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like uh when when you take the the new guy out and you kind of just say, Okay, this is your task, and then you come up to him and you're like you you say, I told you to do this, you know. Where, where is, where is this? Where, where is your task? Where's, wh- why are you doing it this way? And the guy just looks at you like, well, you just told me to do it. You didn't give me any other direction. You know, that's, that's how those, uh, how some of that really feels. It's like, okay, you're just sent out and, and told to get it done, but you don't have any idea how to get it done. And when you do it the way you think it should be done, you're now in trouble. Yeah. Yes. So, so to add to that, right. I just, this past, this past summer was a, was a rough summer for old MVP. Uh, and, and six is well aware of all this, but I, I went through that same thing where it was like, Hey, I, I want us to create a, uh, you know, my, my bosses, you know, uh, let's create a metric and track some of this stuff. And, uh, let's create another process for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are we, are we just bored? I think we are. Right. We're just creating shit for no reason. Okay. I'm like, well, okay. What do you hope to get from this metric? You know, you want to start gathering metrics on a specific area, but why? And what, what, what information are you really trying to pull? I don't know yet. Just put something together. Okay. Well, how do you want to look? Do you want bar graphs? Do you want trend lines? Do you want uh, all the above, you know? And they're going, I don't, I, I just put something together. I just told you, just, just put something together. Okay, you'll spend days, weeks, even gathering data, putting all this shit into a presentation, and then you hand it to them, and they go, "What the hell is this?" Like, this is what you asked for. This isn't what I asked for. I'm like, "Well, I guess you're right. You didn't really ask for anything. You just said you wanted something, but gave no guidance." So I did the best that I could with the little information I had. So we all know. So now we know that you don't want this. You still don't know what you want, but we know it's not this, mm-hmm. you know, like we're just, 
shots in the dark here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's really, like you said, at those points, it's where you just, uh, where you go have a good scream in your car in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, that kind of stuff is what turned me into the guy who says, I'm getting out 24 months from the end of his contract. And I, I was that guy. I, 24, 24 months from the end of my, my time on active service. I was like, oh yeah, I'll see you guys in the civilian world. And I spent the last eight months of my time not even at work. I was, I was transitioning, you know, I, it, it was th- that kind of stuff. It, I would have just turned in a picture of a clown and said, here you go. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, it turns into that soft quitting, which we've had an episode about or whatever, you know, you get that mm-hmm. where you lose motivation. You're going, okay, I, I've, I've given you a product with zero guidance. Um, and instead of saying, okay, Hey, this looks pretty good. I think we can cut this out though and this out because uh, I don't really care about those numbers, but I really like this metric you pulled. So can you, sh- can you, can you shave it down for me a little bit more and hone in on that one metric? Can do. Instead it's, instead it's, this is garbage. Uh, who, 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 who the fuck did this? You way missed the mark. Try again, but still no guidance is provided. And try again. Man, not after you just shit all over me in front of everybody? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try again. It's going to be a picture of a middle finger is what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like uh, my inspection sergeant asking me to write my own NCOER. Yeah. My, my yeah. own evaluation. Yeah, write right, my right. own evaluation. So, I can, yep. uh, so I'll look at it and see if, you, if, if I agree with it, and then I'll sign it. If I don't agree with it, you got to do it again. You, you know what? That, that reminds me or, of a lot of Or on of the civilian side, write, hey, write up your uh, end of your review. Yep. I'm not going to review it. <laughs> Just go ahead and write it up. I'll sign it off as I did it, and then I'll punch it through. Yep. Uh, that's the same ways with uh, some of our patrons that, that talk to us. They, they do the exact same thing with the yearly review. I think for the Air Force, they call it uh, EPRs or something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. EPRs. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so like uh, a bunch of people that we've met said the exact same thing. Like, let me just write what you, I feel you're going to think, or let me write your, what you're going to think of me in a way that you approve. And then if I, if you don't like it, I'll just do it again. Like, excuse me. And I hear, and yeah. I see some guys like actually lose their minds about it. I'm like, Oh, I got to write this, this uh, eval correctly or else the boss won't sign it off. And then that's just more time wasted on my life. I'm like, that's not his job though. <laughs> How about yeah. this? Have you ran into this where you've put all these bullet points in your end of year review and then you get it back and they had taken off those bullet points, but then you've seen their review where they added those bullet points to theirs. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've ran into that too, where you're like, you son of a bitch. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yes. And, and that kind of goes exact in- word too. Just copy paste it onto their own it's ex- review. Yeah, yes. It's exactly right, Matt. <laughs> it was the exact verbiage. You're like, that's very interesting. I don't remember you involved in that project at all. And, and, yeah, I, and I, so I in one instance, remember I can, you setting me loose with that and just saying, yeah. get it done. And, and I, in one instance I called out, I said, uh, I don't believe you were involved in that at all since it was only me who did that. And they're like, well, I told you we needed to do something like that. So technically you wouldn't have done anything had I not said, go do it. Oh, you're like, oh, okay. 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 We're talking about the grandfather paradox now. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, I got you. I so, got you. 
And, and so that kind of reminds me of like another resilience point, right? Which is uh, self-regulation. It, it, when it means by self-regulation, it's not just yourself, but it's also your team, your organ, your small unit or your small uh, organization. Uh, and one of the big points I remember specifically was stop counterproductive work. And mm-hmm. maybe I took that to heart a little too well when they taught that to us. But I've seen some individuals who do a whole lot of round robin for next to no gain. I'm like, why? Why? And again, this comes the question again. Why are we doing this? Like, yeah, I can understand if there's a there's a, a gap that we need to address or if there's a weak point that we're like we're testing for weaknesses or something like that. But if we're just doing it willy nilly because it's a way to drive hours or it's a way to keep people busy or well, what's another one? Another excuse we always hear. Uh, uh, keep people gainfully employed or some, something like that. Like, yeah. Like, so what though? Like, it, if the job gets done using a good solid uh, process or a good solid method, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel and do it all over again? Oh, okay. I get, I get it. Yeah. That's when cool. there definitely are processes that need reinvented, but you get the classic, well, this is always how we've done it. So we're just going to keep. <laughs> Punching the square peg in the round hole every time, <laughs> right? That yeah. really just that really just te- tests your mental elasticity, right there, right? Like how yeah, elastic it's are just you? Like that uh, that little uh, you, that uh, TikTok where you know the the there's the box with the different shaped holes, and they just keep putting everything in the square hole. Yeah. <laughs> we just this? this is the crescent. This is a half moon shape. You're right, and it goes in. The square, the square hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a triangle. Where does that go? The triangle. The triangle. Yeah. Nope. The square hole. That's and right. The square <laughs> hole. <laughs> I remember that video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, I'm like, just because we make it work doesn't mean that's how things should stay. Um, but, you know, like you said, it, it, we find we find and, and let's face it. Right. Just what we're doing now. The shit talking. Is part of our resiliency that gets me through the day. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, if if I can't go to work and uh, and smoke and joke with uh, with my team, um, and maybe that's why my is six and I have talked about. This, maybe that's why it's taken me so long in my career to get to where I'm at now. Uh, maybe because I clown too much. But if I can't have fun at work, I, I will be the first to admit to to anybody, the owner of the company, that it's not worth me showing up. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. you got to have that camaraderie, man. If you show up every day and you look at everybody around you and going, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Fuck you. You know, like that's no good. You can't have that. So, um, you got to, you got to find those pockets of joy to keep that spark alive. And like you say, sometimes it's that, uh, it's that one little thing where you help somebody else who was struggling the day it might not even been your project you're just walking through the bay and you see somebody over there going hey what you got going on man they got me they got me you know cleaning out these trash cans and then i gotta put a barcode on it and then i gotta stack them up and i gotta check out individual trash cans now oh my god why are we doing that i don't know but that's what management does well shit let's uh let's at least have some fun with it and let's let's label the trash cans a funny name in the in the tracking system in the the tool you know the computer system or whatever just stuff like that you know like (laughs) you know it makes it makes it a little worthwhile or you got like Uh, names for the trash cans there's still stuff in our tool management system that uh i that i put in there about five years ago that 
some of my buddies that are still at the unit tell me they can still sign out. And it's like, there's a, there's a wall plate for an electrical outlet that I put in as a training piece and it's still in the system. <laughs> Just because that, that was the kind of levity I tried to bring to the, to the workplace. And, uh, you know, it, it was my way of helping everyone else around me deal with the bullshit. And, and, you know, we had, we had a pretty lax workplace, you know, uh, CW four and fives that we spoke to by first name, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and now, now I'm hearing from guys that are on their way out that there's leadership in there now that that culture is gone that, that camaraderie and that that ability to really connect with your superiors and and foster an environment where people want to stay is is no longer there see that right. that's the, that's so the I think key guys, word right there. i think guys like us right we take up we pick up that mantle and go okay if if upper management is not going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep the team. I'm going to be the, the person, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this an, an environment people want to go to. They still may hate, they still may not 100% like their job and they may 100% hate upper management, but as long as they still enjoy coming in every day because, because of their, you know, because of what I'm doing in this area or what I, what I bring to the table and what, you know, pulls the best out of everybody else to come to work that's what i do so that's kind of where i focus a lot of my efforts day in and day out so i wanted to say that to tie in with your your coaching madison yeah um i know you do the coaching so kind of you know run through like what you do to, to to coach people to to find that spark to stay motivated to to despite shitty leadership or shitty management you still draw the team in uh, one one of the first things I really do when I, I sit down with somebody is kind of, I, I ask them why they chose, because it, it, specifically in the army, at least you can, you can choose your occupational specialty. So a lot of these guys, you know, they went to the recruiter and they specifically asked for a 15 series in aviation. And so I, I asked them why they chose that. And then I asked them why they wanted to put in the packet to get to the unit we were in. because you don't just get assigned where we went. You are selected. You have to go through a process. And so you had to have a why. I, I, try, to, I, I try to pull out that reasoning and kind of draw a connection to something currently in their life and try to figure out what direction they want to go, whether that's staying in aviation. Uh, and then we can work from there as to what pathway they want to take, what a transition program that gets them their licenses on the way out or going back to school or, you know, getting a job that doesn't require their license and then getting their license on their own later, studying for it themselves. But a lot of it is just, it's, it's drawing that connection back to what got them there in the first place. Yep. You know, this isn't hitting a lot of light bulbs for me because I remember MVP and I, we would sit down and talk to people like this based on all our previous training and our experiences and our positions as coordinators, as managers, as ops leaders and schedulers and all that. And that'd be something we would ask somebody like, hey, why do you, uh, why do you want to do this? Or why are you here? And depending on the person, 
uh, 80% would say, well, I just need, I just need money and I need a job. Okay, cool. We're, we're getting somewhere, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But why this job or why this amount of money, right? It, it's, it, it's buried in there for pretty much everybody and they know it. They just don't realize it because they're so used to just figuring out what the vessel is to get them there. Then right. why, why are they driving in that direction in the first place? Um, what's the word? There's a phrase for this. Uh, the, the need behind the need. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Like what, uh, more or less it's what's your, what's your why, but then what's the why yeah. behind the why, you know, if that makes any sort of sense. Right. <laughs> And and then I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of goes into like self-awareness. You can't build any kind of defense or resilience if you don't know what you have going or what you're about or uh, what's your strengths and weaknesses already. Because right. You could have just fell into this for some odd reason, like somehow, some way you just fell into a line and they say, sign here, sign here, uh, process, get your license over here. Like, I, I thought this was the line to lunch. I didn't know we were going to a and school but whatever i'm already halfway through let's just keep on going <laughs> you know and you're you're already like two-thirds of the way in before you realize what's actually going on like well, sh- well i mean already two-thirds of the way i might as well not turn back but uh that brings up a very great point like um uh what are your thoughts what are your emotions what are your behaviors what are you what's what's driving you to do things what's your methods for doing xyz Big, and, big stuff. And maybe, and maybe you find that they don't 100% hate, hate aviation or whatever. They just kind of are burnt out in their current position. Yes. Been doing it for five or six years. And all right, the mission's changed or, you know, the, the leadership's changed. And they go, man, I'm, I'm kind of tired of uh, cleaning labs out day in and day out. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to get focused on engines. Oh, Okay, so you're not, you're just, you're just, you just want a, a, a change in duties, daily duties. Sweet, yeah, you can make that happen, you know. All right, let's get you focused on this. Let's work on getting you some some engine certs, or they might go, hey, I'm kind of ready to get off the line, but um, but I, I got a really good eye for you know finding anomalies. Oh, have you ever thought about QA? Well, no, I've never yeah. thought about that. Oh, okay. Well, let's focus on that. Or, or they might say, no, nah, I kind of want removed from the floor altogether, but I still really like the, uh, I still really like the, you know, the, the, the paperwork side. Okay. Well, let's get you into the forms. Let's get you into policy creation. Let's get you into the legal side of things. Let's get you into hell. Let's get you into sales or, or customer service. If you're really good at talking to people, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and once you really nail that down for somebody, those are the kind of people that can really affect change because they they know that that's what they want, and and that's kind well, of my mission too is is just get people to nail down what they want and help them get there because we need that in every industry and especially in an industry as turbulent as aviation. Right. Well, they they know that's what they want. But there's also somebody helping them get there or pushing right. them or guiding them there. Cause maybe some people kind of have an idea, but they're afraid to take that step. Well, I've been doing this for so long. Like I, I might as well just keep doing it. Well, no, man, you, you can do it. I can. Yeah. And here, let me show you how. Oh, and, and 
you can say, well, how, how, how could they not do it on their own? Well, you just Google it if you want to try something new, you know, just look it up. It's like, well, but some people aren't so comfortable with that. Maybe they want to talk to somebody who's got experience. I'm kind of that way myself. Like, okay, well, I'm interested in this, but I don't really know much about it. Well, you can read all about it online. Yeah, but reading about it and talking to somebody who's got experience in it are two different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I really like to point people to their local airport when, when, you know, they're, they're interested in aviation, but they have no experience in it. It's like the, the dudes who go have coffee in the office at the local airport are the dudes who have the, the experience that you need. So go, and they're not afraid to talk about it. They'll talk your ear off for hours because they are there because they want to be and they like being there. And they want other people to be as uh, passionate about it as they are. Absolutely. And that, that kind of reminds me of some individuals who have expressed their frustrations, let's call that, with aviation in general. Like, I'm tired of working day in and day out like this. I'm tired of uh, smelling like fuel. I'm tired of my hands being bruised, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we would say, like, well, well like, what do you really like to do? And we're like, well, I still like planes. I just don't want to be rolling around in the grime and, and the grit all the time. Have you thought about engineering? <laughs> right. Or something like that. And, and again, I love that you said that. Like, I just want to help them find their drive and then aim them in the direction that best helps them. And MVP brought it up perfectly. He's like, maybe you just need like a mentor or you need a co- like a direct, like hold your hand coach. Some of sometimes we need that. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not. Uh, someone you pay or maybe you do need someone you pay because some of us are stubborn like that like we don't invest in something until we know like there's some equity behind it that we could lose <laughs> if we don't yeah. use it uh, example is myself with a gym membership i'm going to be completely honest with that like <laughs> <laughs> those are just those i i can i can count i can't count on both hands and feet how many of my friends have gym memberships they have that they've been paying for for years and haven't been to the gym more than once. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, not that, crazy. I'm not that bad, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's only, I, uh, my methodology when I buy gym memberships is I try to find somewhere that's close to work or close to where I live. And then I will try to buy like the, the second most expensive package there because, um, I, my mind just works like that. If I, if I'm going to invest the the money to do it, I'm going to get my money's worth. Like if it's $50 a month, I'm going to spend $50 a month in that gym. Right. Like, uh, now, nowadays everything is a little bit limited or, or it's, or it's expensive now because of uh, all the way the economy is going now. So my, my mind now is, is investing towards like a home gym, like a, like a Peloton bike or just like a couple of free weights, stuff like that. But uh, some individuals are like that when it comes to their careers or their health, um, in whatever form their health is like some, you just need to have that, um, that weight of that, loss that, that, yeah, uh, that, that, you that accountability that comes with spending money on it. Yes. That's it. That's, that's it. I was trying to go for it. I'm like, what am I trying to get? I hear <laughs> trying to simplify this, but that, yeah, you yeah. say, okay, I got this coach and they've set up these meetings with me and they've tasked me with some of these things. Well, I better go and do my homework on these things for them and then meet and then show up for that meeting to, to talk about what I found and next steps to achieve my goals. Uh, well, if I don't show up to the meetings or I show up to the meetings and say, sorry, I didn't research anything, what you got for me, that, that coach is going to go, 
well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hand deliver you into your position. Like you've still got to do some work yeah. on your end. I'm not going I'm not to, gonna spoon feed it to you. Yeah, I'm not going to write your resume for you and then apply to it online. Like you've got to do that stuff. I can help you rewrite your resume and, and tailor it to your specific job, but I'm not going to go to apply to all those things and interview for you as well. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can help you get to those directions. I just can't, you know, I can, it's like uh, wrapping a gift. I got all the, I got the paper all around it. All you need to do is tie the knot in the bow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've done several resume se- uh, sessions with some guys where they paid me. I, I charged them almost nothing for it because I was just getting started, but they, they paid me for it and expected me to, you know, take their old resume and reformat it, send it back to them. And I was like, no, let's sit down. I'll, I'll read over your resume and I'll tell you what needs to change to tailor it towards this position you're going for. Holy. And then you change it and show it to me when you're done. And I'll let you know what I think about it. And if there's more changes that need to be made or, you know, maybe you, and, and that helps them learn to be able to do it next time. So it's a one-time investment for the knowledge, but you know, they can always come back to me yeah, for a refresher. I'm not providing a a resume writing service. I'm providing guidance on how to write properly write a resume. Yes, y- you know what I mean. And, and you know how it would choose. Okay, what's your job you're going for? Oh, sheet metal tech. Cool. Well, you've got nothing in here that says you can do sheet metal. Have you done sheet metal? Yes. Oh, fantastic. What did you do? Like, and let's and go from there. You know. Uh, okay, yeah. put down everything you've done with sheet metal. Now let's clean up this this verbiage a little bit, make it sound professional. Like, but it's one of those, like, Hey, I paid, I put in my debit card information and you're supposed to generate me a resume. Well, mm-hmm. no, no. Cause I don't know you and I don't know your history. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And that, 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 uh, really strikes the point where like, where it goes into like, I'm helping you strengthen your character, right? We're exercising these muscles that you've never, that you haven't used in a while or you've never used before. I, I adding a new tool to their tool belt. Yes, yeah, so. exactly that. And I and I love that you guys are touching all this because this is sparking so many, uh, so many uh, ideas in my mind of like how uh, scenarios can pop up where someone will need this help, and or they they expressed it that they need something, but they don't know how to go about it. And I've seen the negative too, where people just kind of hand it to you and just say, "Okay, make me a uh, zero fail." A product like that's never going to happen for one like nothing doesn't fail and then two like i'm not going for the job my job is helping you which is what i'm trying to do but i'm not gonna like you guys said i'm not gonna hit the home run for you <laughs> and then yeah because then they're gonna inter- they're basically interviewing what i know and of course they're gonna love it because i know how to talk to them and then here you come and show up and then they realize like what the hell is this right like yeah, you you clearly don't match your resume. What's what, what yeah. happened here? Oh, we we that could totally like, do a uh, whole episode on that by itself. <laughs> oh, I I have a hilarious one from uh my contracted that I was looking over submitted resumes and I I had seen my my buddy's resume because I helped him redo it to move on to another contract and we're sitting at the computers. I'm I'm looking at the resume. Uh, and I call my buddy over and I'm like, Hey, uh, do you know this guy? 
And he goes, Oh yeah, I was at my, I, I, my last unit. I was there. He served with me in my last unit. I was like, um, did you give him your resume? Uh, no, I showed him my resume. Uh, said, well, he turned in your resume and changed the name. <laughs> wow. That, that reminds me of that meme, right? It's like, uh, uh, copy my homework, but change the words around. And it's like, like barely a difference. It's like almost the exact same thing. It's just like maybe one or two words that are different. Like, yeah. They changed the font from 11 to 12. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guy. Like, do a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that guy did not get selected for the contract. I, I didn't even call him back. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I I already have Austin here. Um, your name is different, but your resume is the same. Right, like verbatim. Like I don't believe yeah. it. <laughs> so you also went to high school in whatever location, knowing full well <laughs> that that dude's from the other end of the country. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <Okay>. Weird. <laughs> weird. Anyways. <laughs> but, I, but I love that all. And then uh, we kind of breezed on on this throughout the episode. Uh, we were talking about connections, right? Like you as a connection, as a coach, connection, as a person, connection, as building a team, as a, as a manager, as a leader, or as an organization, all that matters. And it kind of mentioned it kind of you touched on this uh, quite a bit MVP about like having uh, the ability to let loose a little bit in the workspace to kind of build that, that sense of a uh, teamwork. And that actually helps with the resilience, having those strong connections, building those strong bonds, being able to uh, joke around with each other when the time is appropriate and supporting each other. That's that kind of stuff. If you can build something that strong, in whatever kind of work environment, it's going to carry over to other stuff too. It starts getting well, I mean, contagious. Yeah, um, I mean, think about think about back in your you know the heavy deploying days. I mean, you could be having it could be one of the worst deployments ever, but you're there with a good team, so it really wasn't that bad. When you look back, you're like, yeah, man, we we were busy as shit and things were going bad all the time and getting shot at and whatever else. But you're like, man, that was a but that almost was your your most memorable and fun deployment because of the people you were there with, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so you you try to recreate that again, and then you guys get the you guys get labeled as hey, you're going to want to go on the road with them. So everybody starts yeah. signing up. Hey, can you put me on a trip with them? Can you can you sign me up with that? Because everybody wants to yeah. try to get in 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 on that good crew, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I found my good crew. Uh, one of my one of my good buddies we were on a rotation together and uh i think we spent the whole entire rotation talking airplanes and then uh we came home and bought an airplane and now between the two of us we have three hangars and eight aircraft that are in various stages of completion and that's my he's he's a, a big part of my crew that really keeps me rooted in aviation nice Nice. It's, like that. it's good to have that, right? And because yeah. you're on rotation, you found somebody with a similar interest as you, and you go, Well, I can't let them down because they're depending on me to do this for their dream. Subsequently, that person going, oh, I can't let them down because you know they're they're dependent upon me to succeed in what they want to with my own. And um, that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. Um no, I mean I'm I'm wondering if like a lot of listeners like, okay, so 
I understand the need. I understand what you do. Like, how can I myself self-regulate, help build up my resilience? Before, like, say, like it's it's not bad, but it's kind of it's getting there. So, how do I have like some preventative actions to help me kind of maintain a little bit of a of elasticity before I have to reach out to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, well, what yeah. sort of what sort of steps can I take to to kind of maintain uh, what I have now, just so it doesn't start trickling down to somewhere I don't want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, I pull from my therapist toolbox for that one. (laughs) Um, I, I have a, a safe space, you know, as, as millennial and as, uh, as, crybaby as that sounds i have a a mental safe place where i go and i i know i can picture that place in my mind in in its entirety and that place is where i can just release everything and no matter how bad the day gets i can i can go to that place mentally and i can say you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna recharge and i'm gonna go find my friend that i have at work it, it doesn't matter how terrible a workspace is you're always going to connect with at least one person unless it's an absolutely toxic place uh and then i'm gonna tell him i'm having a shit day and he can tell me he's having a shit day and we can talk shit and get back to work <laughs> yep you know you pretty much described our our livelihoods in the workspace <laughs> almost to the teeth. <laughs> That's exactly how uh, Six and I got our, got our got going with this. <laughs> this this is the safe space for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before the safe space was our car, right? Like we were just kind of we joked about this whole bunch of times, and we actually got a, a web comic in works with that exact mindset. Is we would be in the parking lot, we'll be right across from each other, and we'll just like stare at each other, like almost mad dogging, like. I'm not yeah. getting out of this car first. I, I ain't going in, in that off. You walk in first. So I'm <laughs> yeah, that, the first time, first. the first time you guys said that on your podcast, and I was listening, I was like, "Huh, it sounds like my buddy." We would <laughs> literally park next to each other at lunch, and have our windows rolled down, just bullshitting. And then, uh, end of lunch would come around. And we're like, "All right, you go in first this time." No, I went in first yeah. yesterday. Now you're gonna go in first today. Like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> damn it. And then, and then it turned from the parking lot into our office, which we might as well call the ther uh we should have we always joked about putting a, a like an actual couch like they have in a therapist's office. We always <laughs> joked about putting one of those in there. Um that was that space and then that transformed into this this podcast. Hell yeah. Good times, man. Our uh, our weekly our weekly vent session. <laughs> But you need that kind of stuff. Like everybody else out oh, there, yeah. everyone listening, like uh, like as Madison said, find yourself a safe space, whatever that space is, either physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, right? Find that one spot where you can clear your mind and set your goals straight. Whatever your goals are, like, I just want to make it through today. I just want to get to lunch. Uh, I want to hurry up and improve myself so I can get up out of here. Whatever the case may be, like, you got to have that step as into making a goal. Uh and you got to be able to call yourself on your own bullshit too, <laughs> as we've all oh, said, yeah. like uh, throughout this episode. Sometimes you know you need some help with someone saying like, "Hey, yo, your your uh, your left tail light is out." Oh shit, I didn't know, right? Or 
mm-hmm. something to that effect and you, that's going on with you like sometimes you don't you're too in the in the weeds to see it or, to know that it's happening right you, you can't see to, the forest through the trees right you're you're your own worst enemy that day sometimes you just need somebody going dude you're being kind of a bitch today i'm not being a bitch <laughs> i'm gonna show you and that, yeah. that just takes you right out of that funk you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and and then sometimes um you're you're doing everything right. You're doing or doing everything right by your own personal power. That it you just got to know when to to raise your hand and call for help, right? No one likes mm-hmm. to ring the no one likes to ring the coach bell or the daddy bell or the mommy bell or whichever. But sometimes you just have to. Like I cannot do this by myself. I cannot yeah. uh, manage this with the way the pace is going. I need someone to give me a hand. And and it yeah. could be whatever, and that's where someone like Madison or us come in. We're like, uh, you need someone to coach you through it, like formally or professionally coach you through it, or you just need someone to just kind of uh, kick you in the balls a little bit, you know, like which is like what we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey man, like you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> especially like it was like, really good for that is is i always it's not really six's sister but i always refer to her as six's sister <laughs> uh they serve together or whatever but she was she was the best for kicking you in the nuts and getting you out of that funk and then you'll thank her for it too right like she'll yeah. like really, just really it's wail nice you in that. like appreciate that <laughs> as you're yeah. walking out like oh. just, just tell you to put your uh Put your purse down and grab your balls or something. Something like that. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Basically, like, <laughs> to that, to that come up and like shit talk you to the point where you're like, what the like, what the fuck? This is all unwarranted. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of noticed you're being kind of a, a real big bitch today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to tell everybody you're being one. So unless you change, <laughs> I guess everybody's going to know that you are one. Yeah. So catch you later. And then, and then we'll just walk off. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not that way. You're that way. I'm, I'll show you. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to, used to, if someone was struggling on a task, I walk up and say, you need help? And they go, yeah. I said, all right, if I get this, you have to call me daddy the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. heck no, right? You know, they start rolling up their sleeves. Like, nope, not going to happen. Nope, nope get nope. away. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. But but sometimes you know like your your mental elasticity or your mental agility is just stretched so thin like you just need that kind of person whether it be uh, poking fun at you or actually professionally helping you uh, and in cases like with Madison we're like let's write this down let's phys- visually see this visually actualize this or whatever means is the most helpful let's call it that let the most helpful to you <laughs> and th- and then um, you got to be able to self-regulate yourself to actually do it right mm-hmm. uh, example is as, as pointed out by madison we're like i'm not going to do your resume for you i'm going to show you what you should do but you would be the one to do it you got to regulate yourself to do this because if you're just a returning customer and uh, with no gain whatsoever like at some point like you, you know you're uncoachable at this point like no one's gonna yeah well if i gotta keep going and changing this gearbox oil filter because you know, for whatever reason, you just can't seem to do it. So next thing you know, it's you, you never really learn how to do it. And it's me doing it every time. So you you conned me into doing your job and and you're still dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. 
if you're uncoachable, you're going to get benched. I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's yeah. just what's going to happen. You know, what's well, the reputation you'll have too. Yeah. You go, Hey, uh, uh, where are we going to sign them? I don't know. Assign them to the broom again. Like we, mm-hmm. I got no need for them on the line, you know, go mop the rain. Right. <laughs> yep. And we're, we're not saying this like to, to, to demean you people we're, we're just saying this like you, you got to learn to accept stuff when people tell you the got the, the truth about you and you also got to self-regulate yourself into not being defensive about it. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one likes to have shit talked about them when it's true. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. I, I'm, I get pretty offended myself. Not going to lie, but um, you yeah. gotta ha- you gotta be able to have that kind of bounce to realize that we're, n- we're not talking shit about you j- to, to talk shit about you. This is actual gaps. We've, we, I, myself or we see, and we're trying to help you get through it. Mm-hmm. Now, some might have some very questionable methods to get you there. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm going to give examples because I've seen that. I know they exist, but if we're going to do this in a professional setting, right, then it's what it's like my example with the gym. Like if you're investing in this, you, it'd be in your best interest to get what your money's worth out of it instead of just. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Or uh, it's one of those like, Hey, I have no problem collecting, collecting your money from you. So, uh, do you want to keep paying me and you don't want to want to learn anything? So you're going to be a returning customer. Okay, sure. I'll take your money. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm never, gonna, I'm never, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go. Well, you just, this doesn't seem like this is for you. So we should probably, uh, cancel, cancel this, uh, meeting and relationship. And you go all about your merry way. Here's your money back. Oh, if you're going to keep paying the monthly fee and refuse to show up, I guess that's on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had a few Joes that got real strong before they got smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, so yeah. this is, this is a personal question from us to you, Madison. Um, as far as Koji's concerned, is there any sort of, how to or or training or whatnot that you feel will help people be better at coaching? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm going to heavily lean on YouTube here. I mean, you can learn anything on YouTube, uh, but at, at the end of the day, really uh, someone who's good at coaching, it, it's, it's just, it's something about that person that just makes makes them really good at connecting with people. If you can learn how to connect with somebody and really figure out how to how to get their potential to come to the surface, that's that's really what makes a good coach. It, it's not it's not about handholding. It, it's about learning how to connect with someone and draw that potential out of them and when you can learn how to do that you can i you can teach someone if a good coach get a fish learn how to ride a bicycle i need me one of those (laughs) those. yeah yeah i get what you're saying you got to make the you got to make the right connections you got to be personal you got to also be people got to feel sort of a a trust with you or or a safe type of you know safety safety net with you knowing that you know, you've got their best interest in mind and you want nothing more than to see them succeed. Right. And, um, and 
coming back to your coach, uh, MVP, your, your soccer coach that you always quote it all the time on your episodes, that kind of person is a good coach. Not, not necessarily because you became a, you know, world renowned soccer player, but because years down the road, you're still remembering some of the things he said to you yeah. and you're applying that to your life. And that's what makes a good coach. Damn, yeah, epiphany, very, epiphany right there, man. Like, it was wow. epiphany, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I even put together like the the years down the road, I'm still quoting that. That's but yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, left a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. And pretty pretty neat. That is neat. Um Yeah. <laughs> And so, like what what we're saying about all of this, like being able to find a good coach, have knowing who's a good one, having someone who's connect who can connect with you, and some of the lessons that kind of they I won't say they apply to everything, but they apply to a situation that you know when you need it the most, right? Um, or for uh, some kind of scenario that you need it for the most. Um, Madison MVP have given such fantastic examples about all of this, like like with the soccer coach with uh, drawing out the why and the drive from all of you, helping you find a purpose. And that's really the the essence of resilience is you got to be able to have a good base, right? And it's not like some bulletproof armor that we just shield around you and you can just, people can talk shit at you all day long and it just bounces off of you. That's really yeah, not. It, it's continually adapting and modifying, right? Right. Yeah, like you, you said, you get shot full of bullet holes. Okay, well that armor wasn't uh, too thick in that spot, so let's uh, let's go ahead and and rearmor that or upplate that a little bit. And then uh, I noticed uh, they don't ever shoot on the right hand side, so maybe I don't need actually this much armor over here. And you you just continually modify, adapt, and, and to tailor it towards your own specific goal or goals. Right. Yes. And- and don't don't discount yourself too much there, Six. Uh, not to inflate your head any bigger than it's already gotten, but <laughs> MVP and I got to a lot of the points we've made because of things you pigtailed in. Uh, and there I go saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious, man. I'm telling you, these yeah. words they that they exist for this long because they're so contagious. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, like oh, I hate it. I hate it, but it's so useful. <laughs> yeah. It behooves you. Oh. I, just, I just used that today. <laughs> it would be a fool oh. of you. <laughs> but more of the story, everybody, is like uh, be self-aware of what you do and don't have. Know where you are and where you want to go. Wow, I just quoted a Moana song. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right? Know where you are. Know where you want to go. And understand that sometimes you may need a helping hand to get you there. And that's where uh, either informal or professional coaching or mentoring comes into a play. Doesn't necessarily have to be something where we have to pay for a session. But if you needed to, there's people like Madison and us and other professionals out there that can totally help you out. And mm-hmm. whatever that situation may be, right? Um, yeah. Resume writing, like Madison has said, uh, just shooting the shit with us, having that that a little mental ego reset from us yeah, vent session <laughs> yeah vent session vent. but with yeah. some help you know constructive guidance on how to how to how to how to beat the day and don't let the day beat you right yes and at the end of the day what's the goal for all of us here is we want you to 
know your why, find your drive, help you, help draw that out of you, as Madison has uh, said, aim you in the right direction, and just give you enough of a of a boundary line for yourself, so you don't work yourself out of the pits or into the pits, and then potentially cause a mishap mm-hmm. for yourself or for others, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Yeah, reignite. Yeah, just just reigniting that spark and uh, and reigniting that sense of self worth and un- applying that worth to wherever you think is most valuable to you. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna not gonna lie, Madison. When you messaged us and you've talked and you mentioned a lot of stuff like how we've helped you, that reignited our spark in ourselves. Me in particular, because there are times when we're going, our day just drains the living shit out of us. And uh, we take a look at the show itself and there are times where like uh, we don't get enough interaction as we feel we need or uh, we see a lot of, we visit back some of the negativity that a lot of some people have said or we see the, the progress of other people in, in other areas and we start doing that by side-by-side comparison for some, uh-huh. subli- for some yeah. subliminal reason. And then we hear stories like yours and like, you know what, man, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah, we're we're accomplishing. We're helping. We're helping. We're helping people. We're we're accomplishing. Yeah, I'm glad I can help uh, break you out of the imposter syndrome for the day. <laughs> oh, definitely, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest. Like with the title for that episode came up because I was min- pr- mispronouncing shit all throughout the episode. <laughs> it's like <Right>. pasta, pasta. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but again, you know, like uh, finding that reignit that reignition. To get yourself going again, it can be internal. It can be something external. It can be something you just never expected to happen, and then all of a sudden, wow, there it is! And then here we are mm-hmm. again, in the do, doing the do. <laughs> yeah, get it uh, done. Get it done. Um, any any final thoughts from anybody? Uh, Madison, any final thoughts for the crowd? Uh, you know, just resilience. It, it's about finding that strength but it's also about being flexible uh you you can you can make your armor as strong as you want but if if it's not flexible you can't move and if you can't move you can't adjust course and you're just going to crash into a wall it doesn't matter how how much armor you put on if you crash into that wall at 100 miles an hour and burnt out you're you're not going to get out of that crash you're just going to you're going to get stuck. So you, you've got to have that flexibility to be able to change course when you need to change course and have that strength to be able to utilize that flexibility. It, if, you're, if you are too flexible, you're going to have just as many problems as if you're too strong. And you've got to find that balance. Very well said. Very well said. MVP, like, yeah, any final thoughts? Or- yeah, so my end, um, I would just say n- notice, uh, be cognizant of yourself and, and, and notice when it's time to make that change. Um, yes. Uh, don't, don't sit in the, in the pit for too long, right? Might not be able to see the sun anymore. Um, recognize when it's time to go. Yeah, I think it's uh I need to I need to change something about my day, my 
career, my personal life. Pick one thing, one thing that you can control and then start making uh, incremental changes to that. Once you've got that to where mm-hmm. you want to be, tie in, you know, grab that, grab that next area. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we head out. Uh, Madison, where can listeners and people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook or YouTube at uh, hold on. Can you can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah we got you. I think I think I just lost audio there. Oh, no, no, we, we still got you. Can you guys hear me? Now? I still hear you. Okay. Okay. We're hearing you through uh, the lapel mic. Okay. Uh, they can find me at uh, on on YouTube or Facebook. Both handles are the same. Uh, remote AMT uh, Alpha Mike Tango. Um, I, I'm on there every day. I I may not post videos often, but I I interact with everybody as soon as they comment. Uh, I'm pretty quick to respond to messages. Uh, I won't charge you if you just want to like ask a question and, and maybe get some direction. My, my mission is not real. At the end of the day is to make the money, but really it's, it's about helping you figure out where you want to go and how to get there. So I just reach out. I'm, I'm on Facebook and YouTube and I have, I have a website in the works, but it's not quite there yet. So. Well, we're pretty sure we'll get there. And for all of Madison's people, you've not, you've by now have known us. Well, you can find us on all of our social media, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, kind of sort of Twitter, but mostly Instagram and Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance. We're on Spotify, Apple, all any and all podcasts or any podcasts are streamed from. And then we kind of sort of have a YouTube channel, but it's really just auto generated from our Spotify platform. And again, we have the same mission. We have the same goal, the same mission, so to say, and that's just to help give you that, but or help you draw your potential, give you that one split seconds relief to make your day suck less. <laughs> and, and a platform to talk about uh, issues you're having, and and I'm sure you know you're not the only one. Yes, very much uh, so. Help one, help all. Yes. What's the saying? Uh, rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the right. one. Uh, Madison, thanks for uh, collabing with us. <laughs> I know this was uh, very sprung up and, but we pulled it together. We got a thing going and we appreciate uh, you taking the time out with us. And on that note, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. Sheesh. Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX35 
the number 4MX to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.